Hello and welcome to Table Talk, the behind-the-box podcast hosted by myself, Chris, and my wife, Lindsay. Hi! And we are, if you're not familiar, YouTubers that do reviews and previews and gaming solutions for board game-related topics. And we do lists and things like that. So this is our first ever episode of our podcast. Now, we had promised to do this a couple of months ago, and we messed up the audio and just never found the time to come back and do this. It's not a big deal, though, because it was one of our New Year's resolutions, and I think the rule is, as long as you complete the resolution before... <laughs> do it in the year that you say you'll do it, then it's fine. Now, we did kind of promise a specific month. We were going to do it in February. Oh, did we? Oh. Yeah. So, we are a little bit behind. Now... That's sort of an inside thing for people that already are familiar with us. So if you're not familiar with us, then as I mentioned, we do a YouTube series where we are behind the box and we do reviews for board games and top like three or top five lists of different topics like favorite co-op games, things like that. And we also do a series called Gaming Solutions, which is Lindsay's little brainchild, little baby <laughs> of our YouTube uh, channel. So do you want to have a quick chat about what that is? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, Gaming Solutions is something that we thought of when we, well, basically we were reading Reddit and things like that and, and seeing that people were asking questions about, oh no, I've got this kind of person with this personality in my gaming group mm -hmm. and they don't like this certain type of game or whatever. Uh, what suggestions do you have? How, how can I solve this? And um, so it got us thinking about it and um, we've been gaming for quite a while now with lots of different types of yeah. people in different groups. And so we've got a lot of experience that we thought, oh, well, let's share that. Maybe it will help somebody, you know, if we share some solutions that we have. So... That is Gaming Solutions. We just talk about um, a common challenge, or, or maybe not so common, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, a challenge that we've faced, and um, some solutions that have worked for us, mm -hmm. and uh, we share that. Yeah, it'll be solutions. I mean, sometimes it's just suggestions for games themselves. Yeah. Other times it's sort of actual ways to, to think about gaming with that person, so that for example, we did one on analysis paralysis. Mm -hmm. So you might want to play games that offer a lot of options, a lot of choice, but that player is always taking forever. So we offer some sort of solutions on how you can help them make their decisions, the types of games you could consider playing with them while still getting deep strategic games. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in that, then check it out. I think a lot of the people that are going to be listening to this first episode are our current followers and subscribers already. So I think we should just start by apologizing for the delay with this. <laughs> like I said, we we promised to do this in February, and it's actually my fault. Uh, we actually did record our first episode. It was towards the end of January, and I completely messed up all the audio stuff, and it, it got destroyed, basically. And we uh, we just didn't find the time to get back, back around to it. But we, uh, we're going to be doing it now. So what we'll be sort of aiming to do with this podcast is discuss mostly board game related things but also every now and then we'll just have chats about general things going on in our lives i mean obviously most people have probably already been able to tell but Lindsay isn't english <laughs> and i am and so we'll sometimes discuss what that's like because we live in england and so Lindsay's had to learn a lot of weird slang and personality types that she's never experienced before <laughs> and sometimes they'll just be funny situations and stories that have come up through through the weeks that we'll we'll want to share with you and yeah other than that it's just going to be just 
chatting about our life and gaming, basically. Because do you want to give a bit of a backstory on our board gaming career? Uh, sure. Um, so if we go all the way back to the beginning, <laughs> um, so I've been playing board games for a very, very long time. Um, it's something that my family does when we get together. Um, it's a great way to get to know, you know, if you bring a new friend home or whatever, it's a great way for the family to meet that person. Um, so we've been board gaming a long time in my family, but it's been a lot of the um, traditional games um, and party games and card games. Mm -hmm. um, and then Chris and I met, um, married, moved over here and he went to university and met a group of people that enjoyed board games uh, modern board games and he went to a, a board game shop like you know a local gaming a local store, game store yeah. mm -hmm. and that's where he learned avalon and Ticket the, to ride yeah and... werewolf mm -hmm. things like that a lot of the stuff that pulls you into the hobby <laughs> and he introduced me to those things um and so that's where the love of board gaming came from and that would have been in oh wow was that 2000 yeah yeah around there and so we've been playing and growing a collection since then and then in the back end of 2000 and 17 so i think there would have been about september, september think, yeah. that's when we started our youtube channel behind the box and um, we've been on a journey since then <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm kind of kicking myself because we actually made the youtube channel in april of last year probably around about this time in 2017 and we uh didn't follow through on anything we just never actually committed to finding the time to record because we had all these games we had the equipment that we needed and we just never recorded and then it was yeah it was in september of last year that i think it was one weekend i was like let's just do this let's just today we've got nothing else we need to do let's record something edit it put it online and we had no idea what we were doing at all but it's turned out to be fantastic mm -hmm. it's been such a great hobby to be part of a great industry to be part of and it's it's kind of reignited not that there was like a wavering board game thing it, 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 but it just sort of brought all that back you know playing all these games and thinking about them critically mm -hmm. and we play a lot more games now together we used to play pretty frequently but now we play much much more frequently most days we wind up playing something mm-hmm and uh yeah so I, but I wish we'd have started sooner when we first wanted to do it i just I, I think about where we could be now you know but oh well we'll just uh we'll just keep going <laughs> so yeah we just wanted to talk about what we've been kind of up to this year because like i said we, we recorded something in january we wanted to be doing these every month and then just didn't and so i think some people are kind of curious what we've been up to with the channel and and sort of adjacent to the channel so obviously we went to aircon last month we did a video on yeah. that talking about all of that stuff that was excellent oh i loved aircon mm -hmm. if you know <laughs> i just can't wait till next year i, I want to play more games i feel i feel like we <laughs> we could have stayed longer we could have you know yeah, even though we were there open so close every day <laughs> it's one of the i wish it was a full week uh, of gaming that would have been 
Incredible. Fantastic. It was so good. Really good. Loved I loved it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. It was really good. We met some amazing people. I mean, we did a video literally talking about this, but yeah, if you ever get a chance to go to a board game convention, highly recommend that you do. Um, we're going to UK Games Expo in a couple of months. Oh man, that's coming up quick as well. That's like yeah. June 1st, I think. Yeah, well, we go to America in a few weeks' time, uh-huh. and pretty much we get back from that and then go to UK Games Expo at the start of June. Mm-hmm. So May is going to be full of travel, and it's going to be it's going to be great. But also, by the time it's done, I think we're going to be ready to crash. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to um, seeing This Game is Broken. They're going to be mm-hmm. at UK Games Expo with special guests that, you know, they they haven't committed <laughs> to anything, but I think that'll be really cool. I think that's such a funny podcast. Yeah, that's a great one. Mm-hmm. And we're looking forward. We're going to be playing um, with uh, up to four players. It's a webcomic. They, they do a webcomic where they sort of showcase and storyboard the experience they have playing an RPG in the world of the Crystal Hearts, which is a, a something that they've made themselves, and it's using the Savage Worlds RPG system. And the person that runs that whole uh, webcomic is going to be running a session of Crystal Hearts for us, as well as Semi Co-op, which are another webcomic. And we've been reading these for... Pretty much about a year, yeah. maybe just over a year. Yeah. They were part of sort of wanting to get into this as well, mm-hmm. was reading those things. And so that's going to be amazing because we, we love RPGs. We love playing role-play games and Savage Worlds is the system that we use when we play role-play games. And interestingly, this year has been the year we've kind of reignited that as well. And we are both currently... GMing RPG groups for the first time ever. Lindsay's GM'd before for me and some friends, and I've GM'd before for Lindsay and friends, but we've never both been running uh, games at the same time. Do you want to talk a little bit about your your uh, GM group? Yeah, RPG group? yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I am really, really <laughs> a <laughs> really, fan. Really, really, really. <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of Harry Potter. Um, it's, it's a book that I picked up when I was like 11 or 12 years old, right at that perfect time. And I never put it down. I mean, I just love Harry Potter so much. That world is amazing. And, um, I know a lot of it's nostalgia, (laughs) but anyway, um, I've got a group of girlfriends who also love Harry Potter. And so I created with the help of, uh, a f- nice, lovely person out there in the universe who <laughs> built like a bit of a, a savage world, yeah, yeah, a savage world version of Harry Potter. Um, I've made a few changes to make it work for my group because this is a girl group um, that has no- n- none of them have ever done yeah. any uh, role playing games before, and uh, so and I'm quite new to GMing. You've never done a campaign. You've always done yeah. one shots. I do one shots. Yeah, that's it. And so um, what what I've done is I've, you know, sculpted this world where these girls are 11 years old. They're going to Hogwarts and it's right between the fall of Voldemort and when Harry goes to school. So it's it's actually happening a couple years after the fall of Voldemort. It's almost mid-80s, right? Early to mid-80s, is it? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in there. I think we're having it happen around like 82 or 83. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, so we're at Hogwarts and, you know, they're getting up to mischief and <laughs> solving <laughs> mysteries and um, trying to pass their classes and yeah, it's great. And one of our characters is um, a girl who always thought that she would be in Slytherin. She comes from a long uh, line of pure blood wizards who uh, have always been in Slytherin. And she, when she got to the Sorting Hat, was put in Ravenclaw, as as were the rest of the girls. They were all put in Ravenclaw. And so she's, in particular, dealing with this. Um, like an internal conflict. Yeah, it's it's difficult for her because obviously she belongs in Ravenclaw. She wouldn't be in there if she didn't. But on the other hand, like her family is quite disappointed, and she feels she's really let them down. All and... of her friends have effectively betrayed her. All of these other yep. pure blood Slytherin kids are now viewing her as like a traitor or something. Yeah, and you know, it's it's so cool because these girls have never ever done a role-playing game before but they're brilliant at it and i think that's what's so cool about doing role-playing games you know if you give somebody the freedom to play um they're just going to be wonderful and and they're going to make exciting decisions and they're going to ask to do something interesting that you never planned for and Mm -hmm. um and you've got to really be ready to just go with that flow and um it's it's been super rewarding to be a a a GM in that position because it really tests you and that balance between (laughs) allowing them to have fun and trying to squeeze this story around what they're doing you know be flexible and keep things going and keep things interesting for them yeah it's been great it really has been great I do really like that sort of player especially because your girls they don't really even know the rule set for Savage Worlds that's all kind of on you. Mm-hmm. They they know what their characters do. They know what sort of limits and advantages and negatives their characters get. But a lot of it is just on you to structure how what they want to do is going to work. So they'll give you... I, I, there's a quote that I've heard where it's you as the GM. It's not your job to solve the problem, but to solve the player's solutions. And I think that applies really well when you get a group like that that don't know anything about role-playing you know they've seen like tv shows where every night you know there'll be that episode that's the role-play episode but that's kind of it that's the extent Mm -hmm. and so you'll wind up with them offering you crazy things like can i do this and you're like oh i didn't even ever think that could be a thing but yeah yeah let's make it happen let's see how that will work (laughs) and then you gotta just have a quick think about okay i know the rules i know what sort of roles they might have to do to do Mm -hmm. that but to them they're viewing you as this amazing entity that's wow she's figured out how we can make this work (laughs) you know yeah that's really cool i do like that about new players the first ever role play i ever did was also a fan conversion it was a again savage worlds it was skyrim because we all really enjoyed playing skyrim we played it a lot at that time and i was playing with Lindsay and a couple of our friends it was the first time i'd ever jammed the first time most i think all over the new had ever played and we'd only ever played it once or twice before in a Mass Effect conversion. <laughs> and the players really surprised me. Like, I didn't even really have much of a structure when I was doing Skyrim. It was very much, I knew the world of Skyrim. I was quite comfortable with it. And 
I can just let them have free reign. And yeah, the things that people suggest when they don't know what the limits are is, I don't know, it's just fun. It's yeah. just really fun that way. Cause, and we're not really sticklers, you know, like we'll bend rules for people to be able to try things. We will, unless it's impossible within the confines of the gameplay and the, 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 the sort of physics of the world, I don't see why not, you know, why not let people have a shot at doing stuff. Yeah, and I think also when you're, when you are the GM in a role-playing um, situation, I think it's really important to, especially when the people are new to it, it's important to think about what's going to be fun for them. Mm -hmm. You know, they may not super enjoy dice rolls. They might enjoy the suspense of the dice roll, like, oh, what do I have to get? You know, that kind of thing. They might enjoy that. But, you know, the dice rolling bit might actually get a bit old for them. And so that's when you have to make sure that you've got other interesting things going on. A lot of story building that's going to inspire them. A lot of role them. play opportunities Exactly. As well, yeah. So, like, I incorporated... I have actually a wand that I, was given to me as a gift. Uh, an actual wand from, you know, sculpted around Harry Potter's wand. And I've been having them use that to do spells and stuff. And I'll show them, you know, I'll draw on a piece of paper. This is what it looks like to do this the spell. That's the do, motion yeah. you need. Yeah. And then I'll like critique them on their spells. And then recently we did, we're, well, we're, we're doing a secret Santa because in this world it's, it's now December time. And so we're doing a secret Santa and the girls are getting all excited about like, oh, who's my secret Santa and what shall I get them? <laughs> and, and it's just fun to get them like being creative and thinking and yeah, and, and I have them write letters to home, like some of them have owls, some of them couldn't afford like an owl that can be flying in December, so they've got to share somebody else's mm -hmm. owl, and they're like writing letters home, and yeah, it, it's it's finding things that are going to uh, inspire them and yeah. bring that enchantment to life for them. Absolutely, and I, I think it definitely helps with your group specifically, because they are all really big fans of Harry Potter. I know that you are a huge fan of Harry Potter and you know these things that exist in the world already and you can build these stories and have it still fit and feel like part of that universe and I think that definitely inspires them then to want to play their characters in certain ways or to follow certain sort of rules like with the owls and yeah it, it, the topic itself I think is a big inspiration already and so they're already invested and i know Lindsay's told me about how these sessions go like i have no input really into the sessions i help every now and then and I'll, I'll clarify some rules for you but i'll when you play i'll be i'll go I'll, I'll either hang out with some friends or i'll work on something just in our in our little office here afterwards i'll say right tell me everything i want to hear the whole <laughs> story and it always sounds so cool like the way that Sometimes you'll run something by me before you start, and I'll be like, oh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And then you tell me, and it's way more extravagant or incredible than I would have ever have guessed it becoming. I can't remember the point that I was on with this, with this train of thought, but <laughs> it's just cool. It's just a really cool thing. And yeah, the inspiration part of it, I think, definitely comes through with your group. They, they love the role play. They love the, the story that is developing. And I think that's what you need for a good RPG group. Mm-hmm. I'm curious because I've just recently started mine just a couple of weeks ago. We, we're playing. We, we only kind of do one session each month. Yours is one, one a month. Mine looks like it's going to be the same once mm -hmm. every three or four weeks. And I'm curious what mine's going to be like going forward. So I'm doing, again, it's Savage Worlds and it's the Savage Rifts 
that came out, I think last year, and it, it kickstarted a couple of years ago, which is based on the 1990s rifts like by Palladium, and it's this huge megaverse where anything is kind of possible. Uh, the story is kind of the earth had this huge destruction or like natural disaster where like millions of people died and somehow all these ley lines appeared around the earth and where they connected rifts opened up to any possible place in time and things came through or we went through and so earth kind of went through this apocalypse and then it's just started leveling out again and we're back in some sort of normalcy but in like a weird post post-apocalyptic place where there's Societies are building up again, but there are these big powerhouses that want full control. But there's like all these weird aliens everywhere. And so I explained all that to my players and everyone seemed really on board. And in Savage Rifts, there's Castle Refuge, which is this new location where the Tomorrow Legion exists, which are the kind of the, I'm doing air quotes, good guys. They don't <laughs> do anything bad, but it's a matter of perspective, obviously. But they want basically want to help people. If people have come through other rifts, and are now stranded, they want to be able to offer aid and help. My players are members of this group, and so in theory they should all be really good people, and one of them is he's chosen a race, it's like a bird man, and they are very honour-bound. They want to help people, they would lay down their lives for people, and he's selected a bunch of background traits that really solidify that. And then he went and took a poo on an old woman's house. <laughs> and then I've got another character that plays as a cyber knight and the cyber knights in this are kind of the jedis and they again they follow a really strict code of honor code of compassion everything they do should be about other people and he poisoned the whole town <laughs> and they're all gonna die and then Lindsay's playing as a robot my brother is playing as some psychopath so it's like <laughs> this really strange <laughs> group of people it's funny because the I mean, the the people, there's only half of the group is actually keeping to the initial design of the characters. Yeah. A lot of people have kind of gone off book, so to speak. Yeah, uh, you're definitely right. I mean, you and my brother have both played your characters as they have been built. My other two players, the ones that built these really seriously bound by Code of Honor, heroic, would lay down their lives to defend other people. They are the two that have really just <laughs> gone nuts and started. Yeah. Just, but I, I don't mind that. Like, that's that's fine for me. And I'm, I'm trying to offer a solution because that's how they want to play, you know. And, and as the GM, it's important that you follow that. You, Lindsay was kind of saying, you know, if people want to not do so many dice rolls and maybe more role play, you implement that. And if you have people that want to kind of be murder hobos, <laughs> then in a way you've got to make sure that they get that experience because it won't be fun for them. And it, honestly, GMing in general is fun for me and seeing what sort of crazy things happen. I don't need... If I wanted people to strictly follow everything I wanted them to do, I'd probably be better off writing a book. And so I don't mind <laughs> writing something. Like I'll come up with these sessions and these missions that they get sent on, and if things go completely out of the way of what I wanted, then I'll just go with it and might have to just wing a lot of things. But I'm curious how it's going to progress. And uh, it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see. But I, I definitely now know, okay, even though they've built characters built around honor and heroics and being great people or great aliens, that's not how they're going to play. Mm -hmm. And so I need to make sure that I structure my sessions that way. So, yeah. Well, I think we'll try and keep people updated on this. If you're interested in hearing more about that, then let us know. But I think that's enough for 
RPG stuff. We've kind of both <laughs> talked about it quite a lot. I know. This is like a board game podcast, so... Yeah, well, that's uh, why we... The fact that we're talking about RPGs. But that has been consuming our lives right now. Recently, yeah. We've been really... uh, Researching and working on our own stories Mm -hmm. and campaigns. Yeah. I I think also that... And that was why we wanted to call this Table Talk, is because it wasn't strictly going to be board games. Because RPGs have been a big part of our, you know, gaming life the last few years. And so we wanted to talk about those as well and be able to have like this sort of outlet because i mean we want to use this for this sort of thing and for games that we aren't going to review but we've played we want to be able to also talk about them in the context of just a chat and just let people know how it's gone we've actually been playing quite a few games this past week mm-hmm. um we've recently just bought meeple circus oh that is a delightful game uh, i love uh-huh. meeple circus i love it because um while it's competitive it's just you're just having fun performing yeah. these circus feats together i think it's really goofy that there's these cards that give you points for doing certain things in the circus ring so maybe having an elephant that's upside down or having a piece of wood that's got a, a barrel under it or something yeah. like that <laughs> and it's funny that you're getting points for these things because the crowd wants it and it's like yeah <laughs> can you just imagine a crowd that's just like yes bring out the barrel <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so it's so, so funny. I've been having a blast with that game. And we got it on sale as well at almost half price, which is crazy to mm-hmm. me. That, that it was so cheap and is so good. We did have something of an incident last week. Oh, yes. The incident. <laughs> the incident. So we were playing Meeple Circus last week with a couple of friends. Now, Lindsay and I have played Meeple Circus a couple times together. And so I thought Lindsay might have remembered this rule, but it hadn't ever come up in the games that we'd played and our friend they also made the same error in round one that Lindsay did with doing this rule you're not supposed to do Uh, and that is everything that you place needs to be standing on an edge so either on its on the feet or on its head or on its side but you can't lay it flat down so a, a little meeple for example you can't place on their back and they had done that both Lindsay and one of our friends in like round one of the game and i mentioned to them for this round it's fine we'll score it as normal because you didn't know i, I maybe had mentioned it in passing like earlier on in the game and it's just not something that comes up a lot so i was like whatever that's fine and so we scored as normal in the last round though of meeple circus instead of doing everything simultaneously and all just going frantically together to complete your objectives you do your own show on your own while everyone else watches and you have sort of a big grand finale act that you need to do and Lindsay, while we were playing put something flat down and i i said that's flat you can't do that and as she went to correct it the big structure of things that she'd made before then all fell and then the time kind of ran out and you were just like you looked really mad about oh yeah it. i was furious <laughs> <laughs> And our friends were both, it was like a funny, awkward, like it was like a, ooh, like one of those, like, let's pull, pull the collar of your shirt and you go, ooh. <laughs> and, um, and so I was like, I was like, right, I wouldn't have said anything if this didn't happen literally one round ago where I said you can't do that. And everyone's like, oh, this is awkward. This is so awkward. It wasn't really awkward, but it was it was sort of funny. <laughs> but yeah, that, that happened and it became this sort of running joke about me Pointing out rules. Just playing by the, the rules of the game, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, Lindsay ended up not scoring any points because everything fell down and you were just... 
Afterwards, you did say that it wasn't. I mean, it's not my fault. No, everything fell you over. You did the right thing. It was, it was a, a passing anger, more at myself, <laughs> you know, and the situation. I mean, it's bound to happen when, when you, <laughs> when everything falls to pieces like that. You're bound to have a negative reaction. So yeah, I did. I did get angry. I didn't, but I was. A, it was a silent sort of. It was silent, except for your face was screaming volumes. <laughs> No, it it was fine. We haven't played it since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would, I would, I still love it. I oh, still I love it, and I would still play with you. And you did the right thing to correct it. Well, so right, my reasoning, just in case anyone's got any ideas in the head about, oh man, are you such a stickler? My <laughs> reasoning for telling her was because I wanted you to have an opportunity to be able to score the points for what you were trying to do, and not at the end have somebody, whether it was me or someone else or even yourself, realize that and go, oh, I can't actually do that. I'm not going to score any points for that. And it was separate from what you were making. It wasn't like it was connected to the initial statue of stuff you'd made. And so I wanted you the opportunity to be able to correct it because it was at the bottom of a of a stack. Mm -hmm. It was really easy to correct. It's just that you happened to accidentally nudge the board as well and everything just tumbled. But yeah, that's a really good game. Meeple Circus yeah. is a really good game. Don't let what we're saying dissuade you if that sounds like <laughs> it's mean or something. It is a fantastic game. We had a lot of fun with that. I, I played last night. Lindsay went to uh, her friend's house. It was just... a PJ wine and cheese party. Yeah, I wasn't invited. <laughs> Apparently it was girls only. But I went around and hung out with a few friends. And we played quite a few games. We played Millennium Blades, which is such a good game. I'm glad you got to play that because we don't, we don't play we that don't too play often. Very much. No. Yeah. It's such a, it is a hard game to to play like get get set up to play mm -hmm. but yeah had a great time did the worst i've ever done came absolutely last by a huge margin oh it's all right i play for fun not <laughs> not for winning that game but yeah it was really really good great time and then we played some code names and i <laughs> there was at one point i was on a team with my brother and his clue was gwain he just went like that but he said it kind of laughing so he was like gwain and I went, what? <laughs> and he went, Gwen. And I was like, can you write it down or something? Like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> and then he he asked the other clue giver. He was like, do you mind if I say it like this? And he showed him the phone. He must have typed it out. And the other clue giver said, yeah, that's fine. And he went, right, Sir Gwen. And he, like, emphasized Sir Gwen. I was like, okay, so it's a Knight of the Round Table. And I don't know a lot about the Knights of the Round Table. I know that they sit at a round table. So I went with <laughs> table. I know that they are knights, so I went with the word knight. And I know that they ruled under King Arthur, so I went with King. King was the assassin, and so we <laughs> lost. The actual thing he wanted me to go for was green. Green? Green, because apparently Sir Gwain fought the Green Knight. Oh, for heaven's sake, how are you supposed to know <laughs> that? Well, I didn't, so... <laughs> and it was funny, the other clue giver, apparently, when my brother was first telling him the clue he wanted to give, I think I'd gone to the toilet or something before the, when they were setting this up. And this was the first round of the game. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I'm just going to get the assassin tile ready for you. Because he knew I was going to say King. Because King Arthur. I get where he was coming from. And he afterwards said, if I wanted you to go with King, I would have said Arthur. Because then you could have still done Knights, Table, and King. Mm. And I was like, that's a good point. But I also know that you're the type of person to just give weird clues. Instead of just giving the straightforward clue of, Arthur, you'll give me Gwen. <laughs> so, yeah, that was really good. I've uh, never even heard of that. 
night before ever. Sir Gwen. Sir Gwen, have you? Not it not like in my when he said Sir Gwen, I realized it's Knight of the Round Table. But I, I if you ask me who are the Knights of the Round Table, <laughs> I don't know very many of them. Apart from like Lancelot, that I think that's it. I I think Lancelot and then obviously King Arthur, he sits at the table. Merlin and then Guinevere. Guinevere. Yeah, that's it. That's those are the only Percival. people that Percival somebody. I don't know if he's a knight. Okay, so I know that person exists in Avalon. I didn't know... Okay. Yeah, I don't know the specifics of the knight. And actually, you know what? To be fair, going back to the Rifts thing, I've been reading old Rifts books, and there's actually a whole Rift book on England, and England in Rift has a uh, a knight of the round table situation again. They've gone back to... I think they call themselves New Avalon in this mm. area down south. And there's a Merlin, there's an Arthur, there's a King, there's a Lancelot, there's a Percival. And I actually recently read through a bunch of the, like, sort of bios for each of those knights. So I should have probably known more than I <laughs> did at the time. And even now, I still can't really remember. I didn't commit it to memory. I was just reading, I was like, this is cool, but we're in America. Probably not going to need this for a long time. Mm. So, I, uh, yeah, I didn't, didn't really use that. It was just nice to read, but that's not really the... The topic. Well, it's interesting that we learned now that Sir Gwent. Gwen. Shoot. <laughs> What's Gwent? Gwen is the game that you can play in Witcher. Oh. Which, actually, it's funny you mentioned that. Earlier today, somebody was talking about Condottier, mm -hmm. which is a card game. It's not in print right now. The only way you can get it, it seems to be if you go on eBay and buy one of the Chinese knockoffs. Oh. Which I don't want to do. <laughs> but it's kind of my grail game. Oh. Which is it's similar to Gwent. It is very uh plays very similarly in that you have like these units and different play them at the front, middle, back, and they've got different values and different effects. And a lot of the effects translate to what is in Gwent. And I think not to libel or or what's slander, mm -hmm. I think they used Condottier as the basis for Gwent and built from there. Oh. And then they made claims that we thought of this ourselves. But it's a very... I don't know, maybe... I should double-check if Condottier came after, after Gwen or not. <laughs> Pretty sure it was before. But, yeah, I really want to play. I love Gwen, and I uh, I really want to play Condottier. It seems really cool. Which was just a separate thing that you were able to bring up. Oh, well. Wasn't planned. So, thank you. <laughs> I've never heard of Condottier. Well, I've, I've mentioned it to you before, but I think you'll hate it, so that's probably why it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't stick in your head. But, yeah, I would like to. It's like an area control game. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't tend to like those, do I? No, not really. We mm. tried playing Inish. Well, this was quite a while ago. Mm. And this is one of the only games that we've ever stopped playing before the end, purely because you didn't like it. Yeah. Which, I was really disappointed that I that was the case. I feel awful when things like that happen. I know you do. I don't do it lightly, you know. I, I will hold on as much as I possibly can and try to be a good sport. <laughs> and... Yeah, if it's not working out, then yeah. It's fine. We've played hundreds and hundreds of games, and so every now and then if there's a game you don't like, it's not going to make me think, well, that's it. That's the end of <laughs> board gaming for us. <laughs> yeah. We've got all these other games, and I mean, I just realized now we're not on a camera, so when I looked back and sort of gestured towards our board games, <laughs> it didn't make any sense. But we've got so many other games that it doesn't, it doesn't matter if there's one that you don't like. Yeah. It's interesting how... The like, your circumstances and your relationships with others can sculpt the kind of collection that you create. 
for yourself. You know, oh, like, yeah. a lot of our board games are cooperative or at least nice. Yeah, you know? we don't have a lot of take that. We're not big on, on take that games. Yeah, yeah. And it's and I think a lot of that has to do with me and my preference. You know, you're, you're being nice and you're <laughs> finding well, games that you know I'll <laughs> like. That's part of it because most of our gaming is with each other. And while I'm a much more easygoing gamer, like I'll happily play most games, and for the most part, I enjoy things that we play. There are obviously exceptions, but I enjoy a lot of stuff, and I, I enjoy a bigger range of things. Like I could play, I, I could happily play Inish and enjoy that, or Twa, or Pulsar twenty eight forty nine. And then for you, those are just too much going on. You'd rather be playing if it's a competitive game, something lighter, mm-hmm. like. Merlin, we recently played and reviewed that, and that went down really well. Yeah. Um, or you know, two player game like Patchwork and Cottage Garden. It's technically competitive, but it's it's light, it's quick, it's fun, it, it's easy. And so I think you are much more drawn to the co-op games than the competitive ones. And if it is competitive, it has to be on the lighter end of things. Yeah, or in a team. I I can do competitive mm-hmm. if you're on a team. Um, so like. For instance, last Friday, I could play that. That lasts for quite a while, you know. That's a lengthy game. Same yeah. with um, that Dracula game. What's that Fury one? of Dracula. Yeah, yeah. So I can play that, and that lasts quite a while. I don't um, think you'd enjoy being the no. evil person, the, the one, though, Mm-mm. as much. I can't be alone to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't be left alone for that length of time, like, against all those people. It's just not fun for me. I... You know, you're left to your own your own miserable mind, you know. Especially that... when you've got four people that are all against you. Yeah, yeah. And so you're really second guessing every little thing that you do and you can't you can't talk to anybody else and try and get their thoughts and their opinions. It's all your own head and and it just oh I, that's the worst place for me to be yeah. <laughs> when when you're in a game. <laughs> See I don't mind games like that. I, I'm happy to be the one. My only I'll be honest, my like issues with when I'm the one is if I win, I, f- I feel worse for having won, I think, than if it's uh, like a 4v4 game, mm. because then four people won. If I win on my own, it means four people have lost. And that's not as fun, that's not as cool for everyone on the table, oh, you know? Like yeah. if one person loses on their own, that you can get it. One person lost, but four people are happy. That's a pretty big, you know, 80% of the table are happy. Mm-hmm. All the way around, only 20% of the table are happy. And yeah, that's my issues with games like that. But I don't mind being the one. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind taking a loss if that's what happens. I won't throw games. You know, if I win, I win. But that is definitely like the issue with them for me mm. is that it's not as enjoyable as when you have a team of four versus a team of four, like Captain Sona. Yeah. You know, yeah. you do four versus four. If one team wins, it's still half the table are happy. And the, I mean, in a game like that, obviously it's lighter. You've not invested three hours of your day. But, you know, it's easy to just go, let's try again. And everyone's had fun playing it already. So I think that's my view on, on that sort of setup of one versus four or four versus four or whatever. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm happy playing anything. You know, I'll play cooperative, competitive, semi-cooperative, team games. You are much more happy in a certain area yeah yeah so yeah i think we've kind of reached the end of everything we wanted to sort of discuss it seemed to go well we (laughs) had had fun um i think what would be nice to do maybe if 
depending on how frequent we do these, talk about what's coming up for us mm. over the next few weeks or month or whatever, as far as what sort of videos people can expect and what sort of other things people can expect from us. Uh, so, for example, today we've just been playing through some of the games we got sent by Board Game Exposure. We're not going to sort of spoil our thoughts on them, but you can look forward to a video coming out for a review copy of Goblin Grapple, which will be going on Kickstarter early May. And then a game called Spires, which is kind of a push-your-look, almost trick-takey, kind of bluffing, reading-your-opponent card game. That was a lot of descriptive words there. Yeah, it was kind of all the card game <laughs> descriptors that I could think of. Because it's hard to actually describe it, because it it's not really any one of those things. Mm. It just sort of shares slight elements of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we've just come out of our five-day video extravaganza. Which was a lot of fun. Yeah. So if you've not seen those yet, I definitely recommend checking them out. I, and I think the reason for that is because I was the one that edited them. So I feel <laughs> particularly proud of them. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. And mm -hmm. I'm going to be writing for uh, Zatu Games, which is the website that I've done a couple of articles for, um, for Crystal Clans, which is a, a card game similar to things like Summoner Wars and... Uh, I think Mage Ward. I've not played either of those, mm. but I've heard that it's similar. But that was quite interesting. So mm -hmm. I'm going to do a review. And then we're going to do a video on that that will be mostly me, I think, talking. Well, I'll have some things to say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that'll come out probably over the next few weeks as well. Is there anything else you can think of, Linz, that we are working on that's going to be coming out soon uh gaming solutions yeah i'm really excited about our gaming solutions that's going to come out soon it's something that is several months in the making we really took our time on this one because we wanted to make sure that we got it right yeah and i'm very excited to finally put it together and get it out so that's going to be a fun one yeah i agree i'm really looking forward to that we've mm -hmm. yeah, like i said it's been a few months that we've been working on this one this was one of our first ever ideas for yeah, a gaming solution last but year. just never perfected it. You know, we knew that we needed a solution because it's it's a problem that we've run into ourselves, uh -huh. and so we've really just been trying to work it out and see what works for us so that we can share it with other people. It's probably the video that we've researched the most as mm -hmm. far as like what would work for what we want to do, mm -hmm. and I'm looking forward to that. Um, there's also going to be, I believe, this week uh, a new Dice Tower. Yeah, you bet there is. Board yeah. Game Blender with us. So look forward to that on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, one other thing I wanted to mention was I think we're going to possibly start switching to not every week, but some weeks, there being two videos more consistently. Because we've been getting a lot of games for review, a lot of games from Board Game Exposure. And we also obviously want to keep doing our own things as well, like gaming solutions and lists. We've not really touched on a lot of our things in a while. Yeah, it's sort of become a review channel rather than what we what really we started out wanting to do. Yeah, yeah, um, which we're happy to do. We enjoy, you know, getting to try these games out mm -hmm. and uh, be part of such a cool network of people. But yeah, we're looking forward to being able to, like, if we want to do a review on a game that we own that is just not, we've not been sent it, it's just something we want to talk about then we can do that. Uh, so, yeah, you're probably going to see more board game exposure videos on Fridays, and then it'll be our own stuff on Tuesdays. Like I said, not every week, because we, we're not going to necessarily get that many games, but I think that would be a good way for us to uh, to work through these games and still do the videos that we want to do yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, 
I think that is everything. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? No, no. I just want to wish everyone a wonderful week or so, or however long it is until the next time we see you. I hope you all enjoy whatever games you're playing. If you are trying a, a role-playing game, well, I you know I wish you the best with that, and I hope that you get a chance to get really creative and be flexible and find ways for your group to have fun. Cool. Very nice words. Oh, well, <laughs> I thought of them myself. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, right. Well, I'm not really sure how podcasts work as far as putting them online. If I can leave links to things down below in some sort of description box or something, then I will. Otherwise, if you want to check us out and see more of us, if you're not familiar with us already, then go on YouTube, type in Behind the Box, and uh, we should be the first things that pop up. Well, the first channel, because currently I guess there's some kind of behind the box challenge thing that people are doing with each other, where they like are opening boxes. boxes Yeah. So there will be some videos of people doing that. Yeah, that's not us. <laughs> <laughs> but like the first channel called Behind the Box, that's us. Yeah. yeah. If you're typing Behind the Box Gaming Solutions. Maybe, yeah. That would definitely bring something up <laughs> if you're interested. But yeah, thank you very much for listening. And I hope you have a lovely day, like Lindsay said. And we will speak to you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye.